Okay, so welcome again to a special episode. A very right? special episode. Uh, Not like a, a special episode of Blossom. No, but, uh, like a special episode of the... Still, not as yet unnamed. Hopefully, by next season, we'll hopefully by next season, we'll get that sorted. That'd be great. So we're going to cover a couple items uh, related to baseball because there's big news in baseball. There's yes. some big news in ba- women's basketball. Right, kind of our passion sports, and then some general regular sports stuff. So why don't we hit their general regular sports updates? Okay, first, well, you know, as the academic year comes to an end, then you get the opportunity for athletes to be academic mm-hmm. all-Pac-12, academic all-Americans, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, the rowing uh, team, uh, both men's and women's, they did some uh, pretty good work in the classroom. The uh, 10 of the men's crew team members made academic all-Pac-12, and then not to be outdone by their male counterparts, 15 women got a Pac- Pac-12 all-academic team. And then in the... Uh, actual uh, field of competition. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome. Ann Wingless uh, made All-American at the NCAA Track and Field Championships. Uh, she finished 10th in the high jump with a leap of five foot ten, which is her personal best so far. And the women's track team is young, uh, as is the program itself. So the future is bright. Those young throwers they have that made a great showing at regionals, um, they're going to be awesome. And they just signed 23 new recruits. So a whole... Uh, 23. 23, yeah. Men's golf, uh, the um, U.S. Open was last weekend. And sophomore Spencer Tibbetts played in the U.S. Open. He qualified. And he missed the cut barely. On uh, the end of play on Friday, the cut line was 145. He shot a one. Uh, sorry, uh, cut line was 144. He shot a 145. So that's why golf is a four-letter mm-hmm. word. But uh, yeah, he, he actually shot a 74 in the opening round. But then he kind of eased up on his jitters, and in the second round, he got a 71. So that's what happened in uh, those those sports. And of course. Great. Talk about baseball, I guess. Yeah, so let's dive into baseball. So the big news was that they announced... Mitch Cannon. Mitch Uh, Cannon. Well, I mean, first they announced... Originally, we were talking about... Yes. Pat Casey retired. He officially retired, right? Well, yeah, and actually, uh, after the 2018 season, when the Beavers Mm -hmm. won the College World Series, Pat Casey, who's won over 900 games, three College World Series championships, he retired conditionally... Yep. With the uh, opportunity to return for the 2020 season, if he so desired. And then after a 2019 season, it was just kind of eyed by Beaver yeah. standards. The right. third place finish in the Pac-12. Um, they ate a big buffet of dirt in the Corvallis Regional and um, finished 36-20-1. and So there was a decision to make, and Coach Casey finally uh, decided on June 1st he said, you know what, I'm not coming back. The senior athletic department uh, gig is, is not too bad. And uh, Coach Bailey did an admirable job, I think, taking over for his old mm-hmm. boss, uh, considering that this was a team that lost Caden Grenier and Nick Madrigal, so the middle infield's gone. Right. Stephen Kwan's gone, so your center fielder's gone. Trevor Larnack, who will forever, whether he does anything as a pro, uh, Forever will live in Beavers lore was his home run to put the Beavers in front of Arkansas in game two uh, of the College World Series. And, of course, ace pitcher Luke Heimlich, uh, who, because of his legal troubles, will never play in, in the major leagues in the U.S., but he is pitching in Mexico, and he was huge last year, and he's, of course, gone too. And then 
Uh, the season started out. There was injuries all yeah. up and down the pitching right. staff. It was a tough, tough year for baseball. Kevin Abel blows out his arm. He's got to right. get his UCL replaced, get the Tommy John surgery. So Scott Barnes, the athletic director, had to interview a bunch of candidates. And I don't have much information on the external candidates. Um, but internally, they yep. did go ahead and give an interview to Coach Bailey, as well as Coach Yeski, the pitching coach, and then Andy uh, Jenkins, Andy Jenkins yep. too. But um, after that was uh, run through a little bit, uh, they landed on Mitch Cannon. And I think that's just an exciting hire. Uh, it actually feeds into this whole thing. Is It's not easy to be the guy that follows a legend. I have a whole uh, slew of thoughts on that. But um, the nice part for Bailey, I mean for Cannon, is Bailey takes the pressure off of him with that, yeah, with that it, first it's year. It's similar to like what they did with football, right? right. Riley left and they brought in... Anderson and he didn't really do that well. And so now they're bringing in a former player to coach the team who's had some experience coaching elsewhere. Right. Now he's coming back. Yeah. And, and not only has he had experience coaching elsewhere, but it's at the professional level. Yeah. Um, so he's been coaching guys that are going to go to the major leagues, yep. which if the Beavers keep up the kind of program they've had, that's the kind of caliber of players that he's going to be coaching. And the nice part with Cannon. He was the catcher for the Beavers during the run of three consecutive trips to Omaha in 05, yep. 06, and 07. Back-to-back uh, Obviously World knows what it takes to win. Yes, and that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, you know, guy had a 314 uh, career batting average in OSU, 25 home runs. He hit 10 of those his last season. First-round pick of the San Diego Padres. He got as far as AAA when the Portland Beavers still existed. And then uh, knocked around the minors for the A's, the Cardinals, the Royals, the Nationals. He finished off with a season of independent league ball with the Lincoln Salt Dogs in 2015. So making Major League Baseball is hard, you know, and yeah. he didn't. Uh, he came right. close. He came right. as close as you can get. Um, but then he immediately embarked on a coaching career that seems to have lined up just so perfectly for him coming back to OSU because he's had in a few seasons of uh, managing and uh, he's actually as a minor, minor league manager his team's piled up some league championships mm-hmm. uh, short season a Clinton Lumber Kings in Iowa I don't remember the name of the league but uh, some sort of mid- Midwestern league also with the long season a Modesto Nuts uh, they won that league and then um the, uh, that was a California league, as a matter of fact. Then um, he was managing the Arkansas Travelers of the Double A Texas League in the Mariners organization, and that was a big thing too because he's Northwest. Mm-hmm. All, all, yeah, all right, he's uh, right. from Richland, Washington, uh, the gateway to Kennewick. Uh, he's he, you know very polished in PR because he said the only job he would have left professional baseball for is the Oregon State job, which is what you're supposed to say. So he did that perfectly. Um, I'm just immediately excited by the hire because he has a link to two of the best teams in program history. And if he's recruiting a kid, he goes in the living room, plops his two championship rings on the table and says, so you want one of these? Come play for me. So, I mean, so it's a good get, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's – and it fits with what Barnes is trying to do in terms of building the whole athletic department with some history, right? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, hiring Coach you, Smith. And, yeah, that as well as hiring just reg, other coaches in the programs that have roots in the area. Yes. Right, like Coach Ruick is – Right, local, he's local, an OSU local, grad, yeah. OSU grad. So I think it fits and, you know, obviously it gets 
yes. alumni excited, and we're we're going to obviously have some patience with the. With the well, yeah, and program. the cool thing is, it buys him a little bit of extra time that yeah. Coach Bailey didn't have because exactly. Coach Bailey goes out in his first year, and they're okay. I mean, they were a yeah. good team, but There's the expectations up here for yeah. him, right? And, yeah. And and so I think a hire like this, much like the Jonathan Smith hire, right, where the yeah. expectation was here, he's going to have a little bit more leeway, yeah, a little because, bit more margin for error, right? So to speak. Because <laughs> this um, this first season replacing right. Coach Casey wasn't his, right? Um, it'll be interesting how he fills his staff. Andy Jenkins has already announced he's going to be leaving the program. I don't know where he's going. I didn't wasn't able to find that, but he's uh, he's leaving OSU's baseball program. Uh, last I heard, though, Pat Bailey and Ned Yeski were both still talking to Canham about coming back. And those would be big. Yeah. He, he could get either one of those or both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, Bailey's a great bench coach and, uh, you know, good at bouncing things off of. And uh, Casey, I mean, Casey hired the guy away from George Fox after for a reason, the national right? championship. Yeah, for yeah. a reason, right? So, <laughs> so it's not as if Coach Bailey couldn't be a head coach, but it's like having an extra head coach in right. the dugout. Yeah. And, um, and Yeski is just a great pitching coach. He's dealt with all sorts mm-hmm. of injuries and, and gotten the most out of a lot of guys. He actually won the national assistant coach of the year in 2017 for his work with the Beaver staff, who of course last year ended up winning the whole shooting match. So and with young arms like uh, Kevin Abel coming back next year, it would be great if they could uh, retain Yeski. But uh, I have a crazy idea, Brian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so Jacoby Ellsbury, um, he's been injured for okay. two years. He hasn't been on a field playing baseball since 2017, since he signed a ungodly hundred and some odd million dollar contract with the Yankees. Now, the Yankees can cut him next year by stroking him a five million dollar check. That's their player option. They can say, you know what, here's five million bucks, off you go. Now, that would cost him $16 million because if he makes the roster, he gets $21 million. But let's say, heaven forbid, that his body just can't be rehabbed and he uh, gets cut loose by the Yankees. I think having him in your dugout as an assistant, um, particularly since he and Cam were teammates, um, so you want this to be exactly like the football team. Yes. Where the coach hires all his old teammates yes. back. That's exactly what and, I want. And and then so that the, the assistant coaching ranks are just stocked full of Oregon State alumni. Yes. Right. Yes, indeed. And furthermore, if we want to extrapolate it out further, I'm already thinking that 10, 15 years down the road, uh, Adley Rutschman is comes back as coach. Yeah, <laughs> that's already be, right? I've already yeah. planted that seed. I've already uh, put that out to the universe, if you yeah. will. So, um, but I, I think that uh, the future is bright for Beaver baseball, and I think they will be right in the hunt next year. Um, yeah. The other thing worth talking about, of course, is a guy named Adley Rutschman. Yeah, um, let's at, talk about him because there's a lot of things at the end of the season. Yeah, right. And that's going here, on, right? Beaver's future manager. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, we'll give him 15 years. Um, yeah, you'd uh, you know he was picked number one overall by the Baltimore Orioles after a stellar career as the Beavers catcher, MVP of the College World Series last year. He can hit. He can hit for power. Great fielder. Great arm. Uh, Threw out 50% of anybody who tried to steal on him. So it's literally a coin flip if you wanted to steal on him, whether you're going to make it or not. Uh, even this is cliche, but he has decent speed for a catcher. Um, 
So, I, I mean, we could use up all the entire time we have here talking about oh. his accomplishments and accolades. Uh, but the biggest ones, 17 hits in the College World Series last year, which yeah. got him the MVP. This year, of course, Pac-12 Player of the Year, Pac-12 Co-Defensive Player of the Year, National Player of the Year on all of the platforms, Golden Spikes, Baseball America, um, Division One All-American First Team, Dick Hauser Award, um, just that's that's just a few. He hit 411, first in the Pac-12, second in the nation. On-base percentage 575, slugging percentage 751, which again first in the conference, third in the nation. OPS of 1326, which is just otherworldly. And then he drew 76 base on balls. So the other teams tried not to pitch to him. They tried, yeah. uh, but they had Still. to pitch to him sometimes. Yeah, and he broke the old record for walks in a season by fifty-five uh, by twenty-one walks. Sorry, so nobody wanted to pitch to the guy; they just had to sometimes. And uh, when they did, four out of ten times. So, I mean, <laughs> how does that? I mean, what do you think that translates to baseball? Similar to like when, so like really great players, can they become really great coaches? Like when Magic Johnson tried to coach, it didn't oh, yeah. quite work out, right? Yeah, so here terrible. he is. Yeah. He's a great player, yeah. but then not a great coach. So do you think baseball is different in that sense? I because think of to an extent the intellect it of it, because I, of the strategy, it's a little bit different? I guess it's something yeah. like that. But the, the big thing, now see, conversely, Ted Williams, uh-huh. greatest hitter, possibly left-handed hitter of all time, terrible manager. He was a horrible man. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, so how does it's, that? It's hard to say. It's yeah, really hard like, to say. Um, you know, Larry Bird was actually a good little basketball coach, and he got the Pacers to the uh, conference finals a couple times. So, you know, it's just really difficult to say. But Magic Johnson, of course, would be like, "Well, why don't you just throw a no look pass?" And then, <laughs> you know, you can't do duplicate what what they did. But yeah, so I don't. Know. We'll see. But Canem, I mean, I'm excited about him. Yeah, obviously we're excited about Canem, but I think Adley Rushman, go do what you want to do. Go play. I hope he has a very successful career. I hope he has a a very successful career. Orioles is a tough organization to get drafted into because they're kind of a dumpster fire, but but, uh, that's how they get the number one. Hopefully he has a great career, and whether or not he wants to coach, that's really it. Yeah. A couple other Beavers did um, actually get drafted as well. Uh, don't know the signing, signing status of all of them. Bryce mm-hmm. Femmel uh, mm-hmm. went to the Giants, 21st round. Um, um, Brandon Eisert, the left-handed pitcher, cool hand Luke, number 37. Uh, he was taken number 18, or sorry, in the 18th round by the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Tyler Malone picked up in the 27th round by the San Diego Padres. Dylan Pierce from the big city of Central Point. Home of Yellow Basket Burgers, uh, former Crater High School Comet. He was taken by the St. Louis Cardinals a little bit further down. And then um, also uh, Zach Taylor was drafted, but I don't think he's going to sign because it was pretty late. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got one more year of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. I've been wrong before. but uh, So that's, you know, um, that's going to be a lot of guys to replace again. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. that's, that's going to be uh, the challenge that Canham – and whoever his coaching staff ends up being are going to face. But uh, so that's that's what's going on with baseball. It's an exciting time. Yep. And you know they're uh, tied for first place already. Uh, you know season hasn't started yet, so they're doing good. Yep. And I'm excited about that. Uh, so there is some um, other stuff going on, right? Um, women's basketball. Yeah. So, thing that so you, uh, you just got your uh, season ticket. Yeah. So I just yeah just got my season ticket renewal done. Um, 
same seats that I got last year. So I'll be sitting next to Barb and Chris. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of things been going on with women's basketball. So USA basketball, uh, three on three basketball in Chengdu, China, they played May 31st through June 1st. Mm-hmm. And Aaliyah Goodman was part of that roster. Awesome. Um, along with Bella Alari from Princeton, Charlie Collier and Kristen Williams from Connecticut. So those who don't know Kristen Williams, she was the number one ranked player in the nation that went to Connecticut. So that's, you know, Leah Goodman's playing on a team that I think, I I think that speaks to who the people they're they're trying to recruit on that team. So she was able to play in China. I think um, they lost in overtime to Netherlands in the quarterfinals, but again, great for Leah Goodman to represent the program doing that. I'm excited um, about what yeah. Aaliyah Goodman does next year because she's yeah. just a sophomore. She's just she was just and a sophomore right now. She's a junior, she and, has, and she's and she's gotten all this additional playing time right. with a bunch of different players and a bunch of different coaching. So again, you don't know how big her game's going to grow. And so, she's like, uh, I mean, she, she was shooting a lights out yeah, anyway. That's, right? like, I mean, that's like she's like uh, Damian Lillard. It's like her right. her range starts when she enters the building. Yes, exactly. And so that's. That's pretty exciting, yeah. Because uh, you need that to counter all the um, great uh, front court players the Beavers have had traditionally. So. Right, and then um, also USA Basketball. So the Pan Am Games roster was selected. Uh, I think we talked about how Michaela Pivik and Destiny Slocum were down there for the yeah. trials and whatnot. So Michaela Pivik did make the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so the training camp starts July twenty fourth through August first, and then the games are August sixth through August tenth. Uh, so good luck to Michaela Pivik. So yeah. rec- getting some recognition that uh, I've been screaming about all year. <laughs> been screaming so good for, for the her. mountaintops for her to get some recognition. Yeah. yeah. So good for her. Yeah. A um, couple other Pac-12 players that are on that team are Kiana Williams from Stanford. She's and, good at basketball. Yeah. And then Michaela Onyanwera from UCLA is on that team. Yeah. Uh, so new signee. So Sasha Goforth is signed for the uh, 2020 season. Awesome. She is a six foot wing from Fayetteville, Arkansas, fourth ranked in the nation in the position, 19th ranked player overall. That's encouraging. Yeah. So she was the Arkansas player of the year in 2019, all state in 2017, 2018, 2019. Wow. And then she's been on the USA Today first team Arkansas 2018, 2019. So again, that's a good get. Yeah. So hopefully she has a great, uh, if I'm understanding how all these years correctly, she's yeah. a junior. She's going to be right. a senior. So hopefully I think she has a great senior year, which I'm sure she will. And then come to Oregon State as a um, great guard. By which time you've got Aaliyah Goodman as a senior. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So you have Aaliyah, you'll have Aaliyah Goodman as a senior. Hopefully Destiny Slocum will be a senior if she doesn't go early. Then you'll have the second year of, well, you have, um, Andrea Kino and Trisha Morris as uh, juniors. Mm-hmm. So you have big post players in there. And then you have the cup, the uh, sophomores, which would be um, Kennedy, Kennedy. And there's like three sophomores that would be 
pretty top. So if this all so comes together, if this all comes healthy, together, it's, it's, the program is uh, this, looking bright. The program is looking bright, and then my prediction of a hopefully final four in the next three to four years that would, would come awesome. true, right? Because they, I mean, they already haven't been to one in like two years. Jeez. I know, I I know, right? Like I'm so disappointed. We get pretty so. impatient, but it's Sweet Sixteen this year, that was yeah, pretty great. Obviously, a yeah. um, couple other things going on. Um, so Jamie Wiseman and Ruth Hamblin have been playing for Team Canada. Mm. Um, so that's been going on. That brings up an interesting question. Is there an Olympiad coming up soon? Is it next year? I you know, <laughs> when they changed from the whole thing of the two, every two, you know, yeah. they, they mixed up the schedule. I've never been able to keep track. I think it was because they messed up the winter schedule. So I yeah. assume the summer was on. Yeah. The so like I've never been able to keep track. So yeah. I don't know. Um, so what else is going on? So there's a couple beavers going on. So WNBA season's going on. So Marie Gulich has been playing for Atlanta. Uh, six games played, averaging 12.8 minutes per game. And then Sydney Weiss has been playing for the LA Sparks. She started uh, six of seven games so far, mm. and she's been averaging 18.7 minutes per game. And yeah. so, uh, well, um, Sydney Weiss, uh, she was just phenomenal. And it was nice how just Elliot Goodman and some of those people just picked up the torch. Just yeah, right. So it's very seamless transition. The program's good looking good. Um, I have been watching a lot of WNBA this year. I did plunk down some, like, I think it was like 18 bucks for the WNBA league pass. Oh, okay. So I've been watching a couple games. I do find the games interesting mm-hmm. because the game doesn't match the NCAA. So like, so is it similar to the men's NBA? It's where? a little bit similar. So what I find, what I found interesting, it's what I also saw during the McDonald's all American game where players were taking shots that mm-hmm. they shouldn't necessarily be taking. So like, and, and, and so I think, um, Oregon state players may not, I, I don't know. I think it might it's be a rough transition, transition yeah. into the, into the pros because coach Rua coaches this very, uh, pass, unselfish play type yeah. type uh, scoring system and then they get there and then of the games I've watched the number of times that Sydney Weiss is sitting on the wing kind of going hey I'm open and then her teammates going up against three players trying to force a shot I'm sitting there like hey why don't you try passing the ball to Sydney so she can like knock down the three and so I think hopefully they're starting to do that but it'll be interesting to see yeah well Continue and the uh, WNBA coaches too uh, I don't know if Michael Cooper's still coaching. No, uh, I don't know if he's still Bill coaching. Beer. Bill Lane Beer's coaching. Derek Fisher's coaching the yeah. Sparks. So, yeah, there are a lot so of So I wonder if NBA. that's a somewhat negative influence on this. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it also has to do with the fact that, you know, let's, let's face facts, right? They're playing for money. That's they're true. They're playing for a contract. And yes. so they're, you know, it's tied to their stats. And if they're not scoring, they're not doing this. Just like in the just, NBA. Just like the NBA and when they go play overseas, right? Like, right. So, I, you know, I, I'm not blaming the players for doing what they're no. doing. That's what they got to do. Yeah. But, you know, I did find that as I was sitting there watching the game, I was like, why aren't you passing? Like, the person's open. Yeah. So, a lot of chuckers. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So that's pretty much what's been going on women's basketball. Yeah. And um, so... I guess uh, we'll just kind of reconvene in the uh, fall or some such thing. Yeah, so I think we're going to monitor, keep monitoring stuff, and then we'll reconvene in the fall. That's the plan for season two. 